I pray tonight that you are a soul on fire and that we will let the Holy Spirit truly have His way in this house tonight as we study His Word together. Thank you for taking the time to come out and thank you for putting God in the study of His Word as a priority in your life as we gather together to do that. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for your great presence and power. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would do something supernatural in our presence here tonight. We ask that you would manifest out of the character of who you are and bringing everything into alignment with your, your will. We just pray, Lord God, for a manifest of your power. We pray for a manifest of healing and a manifest of deliverance, and a manifest, Lord God, of your supernatural presence in such a way that we truly, truly walk out of here saying it was good to be in the house of the Lord. Lord, we study your word tonight, and as we study it, we know our faith is going to rise up, for faith comes by hearing, and hearing by your word. We thank you that our faith is going to rise. So give us ears to hear, and eyes to see, and a heart to understand. And Lord God, uh, an attitude to act on your word, and be uh, doers of your word, and not hearers only, Lord. We just pray that you would just have your way now, as we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Uh, I remember one time I was traveling uh, years ago, I was in my 20s, and I was traveling to preach revivals, and I was staying in this little motel in a little town, and I had a, a chain-link fence between it and it looked like a little home that someone was renting or something next door. When I got into town, uh, back then you had newsletters, you know, you mailed out, you didn't have all this digital stuff, and I didn't know where the post office was, I didn't even know if they had a post office. And there was a little boy out there, he's about 12, 13, playing in the front yard. So I went over to the chain link fence and, and I said, uh, uh, young man, young man. And he said, what? And he came over and I said, uh, do you know where the post office is? And uh, he said, well, yeah. And he starts telling me where the post office is. I had to turn to this uh, big tree and make a left and go down and there'll be a barn there and I make a right. And, and, there would be, and he was telling me how to get there. And I said, thank you, I think I've got it. And I repeated it back to him. And uh, he, <clears throat> he said, yeah, that's right. And then I said, well, I'm in town to preach a revival. I said, I'd like for you to come. I'll be at such and such church. You know where that's at? He says, I know where that's at. I said, come. I'd love, I, I'm there to tell everybody how, how they, can, they can find Jesus, you know. And he said, well, I don't think I'm going. And I said, why is that? He said, well, you couldn't even find the post office. <clears throat> and some of y'all were in that story as though it were real. Okay. Just trying to put a smile on your face. Amen. Uh, we had a, a, one of our professors in Bible college says, if you can get them smiling and maybe a little laugh while their mouth's open, you can spoon the word in. So uh, I don't know if that was, uh, I know maybe not theological or not, but uh, maybe it worked. So hopefully it helped. I want to talk tonight about one, you know, I preach about 200 plus messages in different ways uh, throughout the year, maybe even more. And uh, I, this is probably one of my 200 favorites. I, I love them all because when the Lord gives you a word, it's just so exciting to your heart because anything I share with you has first transformed me. Anything that I share with you is first, I, I, I have to believe it. I have to receive it. I, I'm not here just to parrot something. I'm here to share with you the experience that I'm having with the Lord as well. 
And as I experience the supernatural glory of God and, and as I grow in the revelation of God and, and begin to mature more and more, it's just this life gets more and more exciting. We are touch, we're just scraping the surface of the supernatural realm of which God wants us to live in this, this earth. God has so much more for us and I'm always pressing in and pressing in. I want to I know how to tap into it, Lord. I want to know how to go into the deeper uh, water of that which you have. And this revelation the Lord gave me uh, was at a time of study that uh, when I got it, I'm like, wow, this makes such sense, Lord. I understand it. I now see it, not just in my head, but I, I believed it in my heart. And I'm finding that uh, it, it has transformed my confession uh, the power of my confession, and I believe it will help you with yours as well because we know that there's power in our confession, but sometimes it seems as though our confession doesn't work. So I've entitled this Confession, Making It Work. Making It Work. You know, because I hear people say all the time, Pastor, I confess, but my life's still a mess. Why is that? Well, Proverbs you know, 18.21 says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, that's God's Word. We can't argue with God's Word. No need to argue with God's Word. He's going to win. So we know that there is a life that can be released from our tongue or there is a death that can be released from the power of our tongue. Not the power of life and not the power of death. He said the power is in the tongue. So the instrument of our tongue, which is referring to our confession, is, can be very positive or it can be very negative. Your words do impact your life. Your life that you're living right now is a part of the result of the words that you have spoken in the past and the words that have been spoken over you that you believed and received in your life. And the good news is this. This is what excites me. If you don't like the way things are going right now, you can begin to change it by changing your words. Your words have that kind of power. And, and, and when you change your words, you've got to change it, though, from a foundation and we're going to talk about that tonight in such a way it's not just parroted words. And uh, some people say, well, what do I need to change my words to? Well, first of all, we have to learn to speak God's Word. When we speak God's Word, it's infallible. When we speak God's Word, uh, we know that it's God-breathed. God's going to back it up. He's not a man that he should lie. So when we stand on God's Word and speak God's Word, we know we're in a very, very safe and powerful place to be. So we want to find the words of God in God's Word to speak. But then I, I've heard people say, well, you know, I've spoken the Word of God over my life, and yet the Word still hadn't come to pass, Pastor. I spoke it. I quoted it right out of the Bible. I said, by His stripes I'm healed, and, and I've said that Jesus has come to supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory. Uh, yet these positive things have not happened. I'm still sick, and I'm still broke. And, uh, and I understand that. I've, I've experienced the same thing. But we have to understand this. When we fail to receive what we confess... We cannot assume that confession doesn't work, that God's Word doesn't work, because it does. We can't just discount it because we've not experienced it. So what we have to do is we have to delve in and see what the disconnect is. And that's what I love doing in my own life, is seeing, Lord, I'm a student of your Word, and I want to know where the disconnect is, and I want to see, you show me, you show me. And the answer came to me while I was studying the God words, uh, God's Word. And as I was studying God's Word, I've got these three main points. And, and, and it was revelation, meditation, and proclamation. I've shared this uh, with many people before because it is so important. It literally changed my life. 
when, when, when I got this revelation and then I saw that the power of meditation, which then precedes a proclamation, then gives proclamation the power that it needs. And, and I was in Psalms 39, verse 3, when I, got, I was praying about this, and, and I was like, Lord, I've declared this, I've stood on this, I believe this, it's what your word says. You, you, you came to take the curse off us to get the blessing on us. We've been redeemed by your precious blood. And, you know, I, but I'm not seeing the results. And I was in Psalms 39, verse 3, and here the psalmist writes, My heart grew hot within me, and as I meditated, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. And, I, 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 and the Lord just said, here's a progression I've recorded. This is, this is me. I've God breathed this. This is for you. This is life. He says, when my heart grew hot within me, and as I took the time and meditated, then the fire began to burn. Then I spoke with my tongue. It's like you've got to experience the revelation, <clears throat> then practice the meditation on the revelation, then you're ready to make your proclamation. And I'm here to tell you, after I began doing this, and I'm still a student at it, I'm still working at it, because there's distractions, there's things the enemy's always trying to do to try and get us off of God's path and off of the understanding and trying to come in and dissuade us in any way that he can. But when I understand this, and that's why I keep going back to this word, and that's why I wanted to share it with you again, is that, let me tell you what, this works in our lives. When there is revelation, and then we meditate on that revelation, and then we bring forth our proclamation, our confession will work. And I want it to begin working for you in every area of your life. Because I'm here to tell you, if we fail our confession, if we fail in our confession, uh, it's because we don't have personal revelation of the things that we're confessing. We can say we're healed, we can say we're prospered, we can say we're blessed, but if we don't have the revelation of these blessings, uh, and, and we've not meditated on them until they've moved from our heart, in, I mean from our head into our heart, and, and there's been truly a, a belief system that has been established, then our confession is going to seemingly not work. So David says, after I got the revelation and after I meditated on the revelation, then I spoke. So he was telling us next, that was the next thing in order. And I know when we get that scripture, you know, life and death is in the power of the tongue. We want to go out and we want to start releasing life immediately with the tongue. You know, life, life, everything. <clears throat> but we've got to understand that there could be that we need to take the time to... Uh, get the revelation, meditate on the revelation, and then let the proclamation come forth as David is telling us here. He says, I, my heart grew hot within me, and as I meditated on this, my, heart, my fire, the fire began to burn. Now, now, what was he talking about when he said his heart grew hot? Uh, I, I did some study in Hebrew here, and I find it's not that he was talking about heartburn. He didn't get heartburn, okay? He was not asking God for some tums or rollades. That's not what... He uses this Hebrew word, uh, love, and this Hebrew word love <coughs> means translated heart, 
but it's the soul of man. It's not this organ or this muscle or whatever it is that beats in our body. It is the soul of man, uh, the seat of your emotions and your passions and your mind, your knowledge, your thinking, your memory. It, it's the soul of man. It's the heart of, it is, it's what you believe and, and who you believe you are. It's the believing part of the heart that, you know, the Bible says, but by believing with the heart, you're saved. Not by thinking with the head, but by the believing with the heart, you are saved. And David is using this word heart to speak of the soul. And he uses the word fire to describe spiritual experience. You'll see this throughout the Psalms when he refers to fire. He's talking about the, the, the supernatural, the, the spiritual insight that came to him. In the New Testament, you would find a correlation there, uh, our word revelation. Uh, revelation is the supernatural insight into the mind of God. So, so David was saying, I have received supernatural insight into the mind of God. I, I know what God is thinking about this. I, I know what's on His mind about this. I, I know His perfect will on this. And the good thing is, God has revealed His will to us, not only in and through His Son, Jesus Christ, but in the Scriptures that He's recorded for us. So, so if you can see here uh, what, what he's saying, it makes so much sense. Before your confession of God's Word can work for you, you've got to receive this revelation. And that's why we opened up the healing rooms uh, over, what, 15 years ago, and then we, we saw that folks would come in for prayer, and they would see a change in their life, and then they would go home, and it would come back. Uh, then I wrote a pamphlet that we would give out that says how to keep your healing. And it talks about, here's the Scripture. You've got to take these Scriptures. You've got to meditate on these Scriptures. You've got to believe, you know, uh, study this, and you've got to memorize this, and you've got to speak these Scriptures to you, to you till you believe them because this is God's will. God wants you healed. God wants you whole. God wants you blessed. God wants you delivered or whatever it is. And then they were struggling with that. They would lose the pamphlet or they would lose this or they would lose that. So then we started the healing school. And we said, you know, instead of coming to the healing rooms every week, how about go through the healing school? And here we'll corporately do a training on the importance of this. And you can get it established in your heart. It's great that you got it in your head, but it's got to be established in your heart where your belief system is so that out of that belief system you can, you can ask Jesus for anything, he says. And he says, if you doubt not in your heart, you can receive it. He said, I have it for you if you'll believe. Hallelujah. And he tells us if we'll believe in our heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we'll be saved. Sozo, that word sozo means healed, delivered, made whole, uh, brought back together in full strength in every area. It's an amazing uh, promise from God's Word. So, so we have to believe in the heart. And I believe that's why Paul prayed in Ephesians 1 and 17. He said, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Paul says, I keep over. I see your struggle. I see your struggle. And God has called us for so much more. Jesus has provided so much more than what we are experiencing. So he says, I'm coming and I'm praying for you. I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, I'm praying that, that He would give you the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding or revelation. I'm praying for you right now in the name of Jesus. I'm lining my words with the words of the Holy Spirit that Paul has recorded for us here. And I'm asking that the God of, of, the, of the, you know, God of the Lord Jesus Christ, our glorious Father, I'm asking Him right now, 
Father God, I'm asking you, hallelujah, and I thank you that you're going to hear and receive right now, and you're going you're to respond to this prayer, Lord. I thank you because I'm asking you, God, may you give these great folks here at Christian Embassy, Lord God, may you give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation that goes beyond their years, that goes beyond their training, that goes beyond their knowing. Fill them, I pray, with your Holy Spirit and bring wisdom and revelation in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's a spirit of revelation. And he goes on and he says in verse 18, I pray also, once you get this spirit of revelation, now that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know, and that word know there means experience, that you may experience the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and His incomparable great power for us who believe. So He prayed and I pray that your, the eyes of our hearts will be enlightened. And that word enlightened comes from two words, E-N, and, uh, which means to come in, and light, which means fire. So it means that to be enlightened is to uh, receive a fire within you. To, to, the heart is enlightened by fire, by the fire of the Holy Spirit. And I ask God now in this same prayer that in the name of Jesus that He would also open the eyes of your heart. Your hearts would be opened and may be enlightened, may be filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, the spirit of anointing. He would come in so that you may know the hope of which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance and His incomparable great power for each and every one of you. Hallelujah. That's why I believe Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19, make sure you don't put out the Spirit's fire. We can quench the Holy Spirit. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, if we're going to have the enlightenment, we're going to have the revelation, and we're going to have that, that fire in us, that, that we have a belief system established by the power of God and the anointing of God so that we can meditate upon that and then proclaim and make our confession work and as it lines up with the Word of God, we got to make sure we don't put out the Spirit's fire. We cannot get in a rut of religion. We can't get in a rut of tradition. We just can't get in a rut of life. we got to get up every day and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I'll be glad in it. Fill me, Holy Spirit, overflow. I want to splash on everybody I meet today. Holy Ghost fire, burn in me. You need to ask Him. You need to give Him permission. You need to say, Holy Spirit, I need You. I need the fire. Just like you would fan into flame the fire that you would build. You begin to fan into flame and say, Holy Spirit, I'm not here to quench you today. I need you. I want you to burn in me. I want you to burn through me. There's people I'm going to meet that's going to need a supernatural touch and you, Holy Ghost, are the super of God working through this natural. And I need you. I want you. I desire you. I worship you, Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God. Don't put out the Spirit's fire. And make sure you get a preacher in your life that will keep fanning into flames as well, saying, come on, let the fire of the Spirit of God burn. We're not getting into this just to go through a religious uh, 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 exercise. No, we're here to wake up. We're here to stand up. We're here to be stirred up. We're here to be called up into what God has called us to do. Our circumstances uh, uh, set us back. Our circumstances in life distract us 
Peter walked on water when he didn't look at his circumstances. But when he looked at his circumstances, he began to sing. And I'm here to tell you, your circumstances are causing you to uh, sing. But I'm here saying, get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes on He who came to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Here's what John the Baptist said. Get your eyes on Him and say, Spirit of the living God, same Holy Ghost that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, dwell in me. Quicken this mortal body. Give life to this mortal body that I might do in this day what you have called me to do. Hallelujah. Paul prayed that the Holy Spirit would open their spiritual understanding so that they could know these three things. He said, you've got to know these three things. One, you've got to know the hope of your calling. The hope of your calling. Look at this next slide up. You'll see it labeled there. Number one, the hope of to which He has called you. you he, the Holy Spirit can open your eyes, can open the eyes of your heart with enlightenment, with fire, so that you can see you've got a calling on your life. You've got a calling on your life. Pastor Rodico was talking about it earlier. None of us were just born. We're born with purpose. We're born with destiny. Let me tell you why. There's a calling on your line. God put you here because He needs you. He didn't just need another number to try to make it 7 billion or move it on up to 8 billion in 2019. He needs you. He put you here. He formed you and fashioned you, fashioned you while you were yet in your mother's womb and called you. He has a calling on your line. And Lord God, help us see, open our eyes of our heart that we may have an enlightenment, that we may have a, a, a spirit of fire and fusion in us so that we can know the hope of that which He has called us. And then He says, for the inheritance within them. Let me tell you what, Jesus has shed His blood. Jesus has lived a sinless life. Jesus has gone to the whipping post. Jesus has wore a crown of thorns. Jesus has been stripped and beaten and whipped with a cat of nine tails. Jesus has been crucified and buried in a tomb. And Jesus rose on the third day. And He did it for a purpose. He did it for a plan so that He could get the curse off of you, Galatians 3 and 13, and get the blessing on you, Galatians 3 and 14. He wants you to live the blessed life. He wants you to live an empowered life. He wants you to live a life that is full of His glory. There's an inheritance within you. I'm telling you, everything He's provided in His atonement is ours. I'm telling you, in order for the transfer of the will or of everything to come to you, there had to be a death. I'm telling you, there's a death certificate. There is a death certificate. There's an old rugged cross. There's blood stain. There is, let me tell you what, He died. But just because He rose on the third day does not not de deny or disqualify that death certificate. I know here recently we had some partners in, with property uh, in another state and, and uh, one of the gentlemen as a partner of ours and a friend for many, many years passed away suddenly. And uh, so we had to go down and, and uh, we're trying to change over the banking situation because so, uh, he was always there locally. He took care of all that. And, uh, and the bank looked at me, who are you? And I said, well, I've been here just as long as he's been here. And they said, well, that sounds good, but uh, we, we don't know you, and, uh, and we know him. And I said, well, he is no more. And they said, prove it. Not quite that way, but they said, you got to prove it. So we had to go to the widow there, and we had to get uh, from Ms. Smith a uh, death certificate to take back to the bank to show that Mr. Smith had passed away and that now I was the next one in line to step up and take care of the financial matter. And they said, okay, now we can work on this. So that death certificate spoke volumes to them 
that now things can transfer. Let me tell you why. You can stick in the devil's face anytime you want. You can stick, stick an empty cross. You don't have to stick one with Jesus on it because he's not still on it, okay? You can stick an empty cross in the face of Jesus and say, here's the death certificate. He is dead. He died. He died to make this transfer legal. He died to make the will activated, to get it over into my life. And, uh, and the devil's going to say, oh, but on that third day, the tomb is empty. And say, yep, that lie you had that they stole the body. See there, you just told on yourself. You said they stole his body. You just told on yourself. Now you're trying to tell me I can't use the death certificate because he's alive. You're even confessing he's alive. Devil, you just got caught with your own words. But it don't matter. All I needed legally was a death certificate. And here it is. Hallelujah. And I'm here to tell you the inheritance that God has for us, we, God wants us to enjoy now. He doesn't want us to wait till we get to heaven because a lot of that which He's given to us is, is, is healing in our body and deliverance from bondage and, and provision supernaturally and all these things that He's listed that we need on earth. You don't need those in heaven. You don't need those in heaven. You don't get to heaven and then say, God, I need to be healed here. You're going to have, be raptured or called up to be with the Lord in, in a glorified body. We need that stuff here now. We need help here on the ground while we're still around. Somebody say amen. Because there's a devil killing and stealing and destroying. And man, sometimes we get caught in the crossfire and it don't feel good. I don't know if any of you have ever had to deal with pain, but it don't feel good. We need help now. And to know that we have access to the supernatural provision of the inheritance that God has. And Paul is praying that our eyes of our heart would be enlightened so that we would know, so that we would know the riches of His glorious inheritance that He has for the saints. And that we would know the power that is available for us. There's power. I'm telling you, no matter what circumstance comes against you, there's greater power to overcome that circumstance. I don't care what power is coming against you, there's a greater power for you to overcome. We are more than conquerors. We are more than overcomers in Christ Jesus. Greater is He who is in us than He who is in the world. Wake up! We have more for us than we have against us. Amen. And this is an important point to pray because... One of the greatest needs in the body of Christ today, I believe, is revelation. Revelation, an understanding of God's Word and what He has provided for us. If the church receives the revelation of God's Word, nothing can stop us. We can truly be that church that Jesus said He's building, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We can be that church. Hallelujah. We can be the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. We can be that if we get the revelation, if we receive the revelation. And if you as an individual receive the revelation, nothing can stop you. Whatever God tells you to do, you can do it. Whatever God shows you to do, you can do it. But let me tell you, the devil's fighting revelation. There are hindrances to revelation. M many people pray for revelation, but don't receive it because one we find in the Scripture, they, ha they have too many burdens on their heart. They're walking around with a burdened heart. A burdened heart doesn't see the provision of Christ. There's a fascinating story in the Bible which illustrates this, uh, the need that we need to cast our cares on the Lord in order for our eyes to be opened to receive the revelation. And the story involves the resurrected Christ and two of His disciples that were traveling to, you know, the road to Emmaus on Resurrection Sunday. We find that story in Luke 24. Join with me and let's look at it. 
Now the same day, this was Resurrection Sunday, on that same day, two of them were going to the village called Emmaus. And about seven miles from Jerusalem, they were talking with each other and everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. I used to read that as a, as a very young Bible student, thinking that God kept them from recognizing Jesus. And, uh, you, know, what, you know, but as I began to dig into this and mature in the Word, I'm like, wait a minute, God, why would he have kept them from that? So I looked a little deeper, and I see in verse 21, it says what kept them from seeing him for who he was. It says, they said we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Uh, but, but he didn't. He died. They had lost hope and their faces were downcast. So so you see their problem was they were disappointed, they were discouraged, and they were depressed. And I'm not throwing a stone at them because I've been there as well. And maybe you've been there before as well too when circumstances have not come out the way you would hope they would immediately come out. And here they were disappointed, they were discouraged, and they were depressed. Their hearts were weighed down with the circumstances. So Jesus, instead of telling them who he was... He began to ask them questions in order to help them unload their burdens, it seems. Now, I don't know about you, but it does feel good to talk to someone when you're carrying burdens, especially the Lord. You ever carried your burdens to the Lord and talked to the Lord about them and found out that as you're talking to Him, He says, I can take that, I can take that, I can take that, I'll take that, I'll take that, and you leave like you're 100 pounds lighter. Man, it's the greatest weight loss program known to mankind. Just talk to the Lord about your burdens. It, and it's amazing. Cast your cares upon Him because He cares for you. you. You see, a bad time to study the Bible for revelation is when you're depressed. You know, you're not usually going to get much out of it when you study the Word when you're depressed. Revelation usually does not come when you're all despondent and you've lost hope. It, it's important that you cast your cares on the Lord before you study the Bible. That's a good practice to have. Whatever burden, whatever cares you may have, talk to the Lord about those before you go into His Word for revelation. And then you'll be better prepared to study the Bible and you'll be free to receive the revelation He has for you. Otherwise, the devil has a way of us who are still in this flesh and still with our limitations and still with our emotions, he has a way to get us looking at wind and waves rather than walking supernaturally on water. And it goes on in verse 25 and it says, After the two disciples had shared their burdens, Jesus started to talk with them about the scriptures. So after they talked to him about the burdens, now Jesus starts talking to them about scriptures and he said to them, How foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all of the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in with them to stay with them. Now, 
Here you see Jesus testing them. He's pretending to go further. Now, it's like, okay, I, I kind of cut up with my kids and pretend sometimes about some stuff, and I feel a little better now. Here's Jesus pretending, okay? He wanted to see if they're going to diligently study the Scripture or not, uh, if they were content with just a little Bible study on the road and, you know, a little prayer time in the car, going home, and now you're done, okay, or are they going to dig in? Thankfully, they wanted more, and I pray you will want more. You'll want more of God, more of His Word, more of an understanding, more, of His re more revelation of what He would bring to you. And here they've got Jesus in their home teaching them the Bible. I'm telling you, we must, we must be like them. A little Bible study is not enough. Just taking this Word and, and using it as a fan and maybe grab a scripture while it's going by, breezing your face is not enough in the battle that we live in. This world that we live in has such a battle of the enemy coming against us in these last days. We need the sword of the Spirit. We need to know the Word of God. We need to have our minds renewed by the Word of God. We need to dig deeper in the Word of God to get revelation. Because the revelation that we take and meditate on, then when we proclaim it, we find that our confession works. Hallelujah. Verse 31, it says, Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, Were not our hearts burning? There we go again about that burning in the heart. Well, burning within us while we talked with, he talked with us on the road and opened the Scriptures to us. I, I find it interesting that the thing that they found wonderful was this burning in their hearts, not that he disappeared. I'd have been... You know, the thing about it, somebody's sitting right there, and I'd have been freaking out. I'd been like, man, he was, wasn't he right there? Did you, did you see him move? Did I pass out? Did I go? What happened? What happened? Did you hit me in the head? And, you know, but they, they didn't even mention that. They said the thing that fascinated them was their hearts began to burn within them. Hallelujah. That revelation, I'm telling you, there's nothing more exciting than getting the revelation of God's Word, the know in your heart, not in your head. It's got to come through your head, but you got to get it in your heart to where you, my goodness, it begins to change everything about you. See, revelation is by far the greatest spiritual experience that anyone can receive, even greater than seeing Christ in the flesh and seeing Him do a Houdini. Well, Houdini faked his, but Jesus did the real thing. He disappeared. Wow. So the two main lessons we learn from this story is we need to cast our burdens and cares on the Lord because they keep us from true revelation. They were there with Jesus, but they couldn't see Him. They were kept from seeing Him because of their burdens. And when they got their burdens lifted then they begin to see who he was. And secondly, if you want revelation, you've got to study the scriptures until you receive revelation knowledge. God will give it to you. So that's the, that's the first thing the Lord showed me that makes the connection back for our confession works is we need the revelation. And we pray for that spirit of revelation, but you've got to be diligent. You've got to, you've got to get the burdens off of your life. You've got to just give them to the Lord. Get in His Word and your eyes of your heart will be enlightened. And then secondly, meditation. Once your heart grows heart, you got to meditate on that revelation that you received in order to start the fire. you got to go from warm to fire. you got to go from your heart being warm to it turns into a fire. See, it's not good enough to simply have a warm heart. you got to have a fire. <laughs> Come on now. The Holy Ghost manifests Himself in fire. Many people I've met are content to receive revelation and just stop right there. You know, it's like, oh, that warmed my heart. That was good. I'll be back next week. Oh, that was good. I'll see you next month or next Easter or whatever. 
Let me tell you why. Once you've experienced the fire of the Holy Ghost, you cannot live any other way. You don't want to live any other way. When you've seen the supernatural manifest of the power and the glory of God in and through your life, you're like, man, this is the way I'm going to live for the rest of my life. I'm not going to be content with just some revelation. I'm going to meditate on that word until it combusts into a fire in my heart and in my life. Come on now. They don't go. There's a lot of us guilty. I'm telling you, there's more revelation that, that you've received that God has given you that has not been manifest. That it's enough to give us a testimony to talk about testimonies for the rest of our life. Come on now. But we don't get the combustion of the fire because we don't meditate on that revelation. You must continue to meditate on the revelation. So we can't just receive revelation. we got to meditate on it. And this word meditate means to think deeply about something until subconsciously you begin to speak it to yourself. Kind of like the woman with the issue of blood. You remember? She said to herself, She's like, I've tried everything else, the burdens of this world, I can't get them off. I've tried this, I've tried that, I've gotten worse, I've gotten worse, I've gotten worse. But then she got the revelation that this is the Messiah and there's healing in his wings. I'm telling you, she, she knew the, the scripture said that the very garments he wore and the very tassels about them called the wings. He said the son of righteousness would rise, there would be healing in his wings. She knew that word. And when she got the revelation of that word, she says, I don't need to talk to him. I got revelation of the word that the son of righteousness is going to rise and there's healing in his wings and not bird's wings, but the wings of his robe. And she says, I see, if I can just touch, if I can just touch the wings of his robe, the hem of his garment, I can be healed because she got a revelation of the word. It wasn't just a in her head thing. This was in her heart. And that meant I'm going, if I, have to, if I have to crawl, if I have to drag myself, if I have to fight through this crowd, I'm going to get to him. And I know I don't have to talk to him. I don't have to knock him on the shoulder, get his attention. I don't get, have to get him to hug me. I don't have to get him to anoint me and pray over me. I don't have to even get him to look at me. All I need to do, I got the revelation. She has meditated on the revelation she admitted that that's why the scripture says she said to herself if I can but touch, she's meditating. That's, that's the murmur. That's the, not the murmur, but the meditation. She is speaking it to herself. She is speaking that word that became, it was a logos, but it became a rhema to her. That that healing is mine. He's a Messiah. There's healing in, that, in his wings. There's healing in the hem of his garment. And I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. Nobody had ever been healed according to the record of Scripture uh, up to this day. But there was a prophetic word that there was healing in his wings. And she got a hold of that prophetic word and that revelation, she began to meditate on it. And she said to herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. If I can but touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And that propelled her to press through the opposition that was in front of her. And she touched the hem of his garment and Jesus said, bam, virtue went out of him. He said, well, who touched me? Who touched me? He had not seen her. He had not spoken over her. But she drew healing power out of him and he felt it. And he said, who touched me? And, and then when the recognition of who it was and, you know, all the things that were said, oh, there's so many people touching you. He said, no, 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 no. Somebody touched me. 
after revelation and meditation, their hearts believe, their heart believes, and they pulled, they took hold of it. They took access to it. They appropriated it by faith. He says, somebody's faith has made them whole. And when she was identified, he says, woman, your faith has made you whole. I'm here to tell you tonight, we've got to meditate on the revelation of God until we know it is ours. We, we, not, we don't know it's for somebody else. We know it's ours. It's ours. And, and, and we begin to mutter it to ourselves. Speak it to yourself like this woman was speaking it to herself. I'm telling you to meditate is to be so absorbed with certain thoughts that we talk to ourselves about those thoughts. Somebody say, well, he's talking to himself. He's crazy. He say, no, I'm talking to myself because I've got revelation and now I'm meditating on it. And because of that, I'm going to be able to proclaim the word of God and see the power of God and the life of God manifest when I speak. Hallelujah. We see in Joshua 1 and 8, God tells Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate in it day and night, and you may observe to do all according to all that is written in it, for you will make your way prosperous. God didn't say, I will make your way prosperous. He said, Joshua, you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success when you meditate on this word day and night. And that meditation has to be in your mouth. Hallelujah. So you got to learn to start saying it to yourself. By his stripes, I am healed. Hallelujah. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm telling you, I'm redeemed. The curse that was on me has been taken off of me because cursed is he who hangs on a tree so that the blessing of Abraham might come on me by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. I receive it. It is mine. I believe it. Thank you, Jesus. I take uh, the, the inheritance that you have for me. I receive it. I walk in it. I walk in its authority. I walk in its power. I walk in the manifest of its glory. you got to meditate. That word meditate comes from a Hebrew word. We, call, we get our word rumen from and it means to chew the cud it's a it's a word that's a agricultural uh, farming word chew the cud in the Old Testament God gave Israel permission to eat uh, any animal that chewed the cud if they would chew their cud uh, the cow is an example of a clean animal because chewing the cud means he takes a lot of time to chew he slowly crushes the hay and masticates the food in its mouth. That's how he starts, like you see that rascal up there right now doing. But after a time of gnawing down that hay into small particles, he gulp, he swallows it. And the first of three stomachs receives that swallow and begins to break it down, all of that food, to get the vitamins and minerals out of it. Now later on, don't get sick on me here, but later on the cow regurgitates the food and he starts the process of chewing it again. And after some time, he then swallows the food, and that goes into his second stomach, and there it undergoes another process of digestion. And after many hours in that second chamber, it then passes to a third stomach where every remaining vitamin and mineral that is left is drawn out of it and absorbed. Then the rest is discharged, and uh, we use that as fertilizer. No, okay. And the whole process takes about 24 hours. Wow. Now, now, I brought all of this up to show you the process of meditation. We've got to be like the cow, and we've got to slowly chew the Word of God before we swallow it. It's not just gulp, and it's just bam, and it's like a caffeine pill or something, okay? He wants you to take it. He wants you to chew the Word of God. And, uh, and by meditating, he wants us to take the scriptures and mull over them. It's better to have a few scriptures that you understand and you believe than being able to quote the whole Bible. 
Now, I know for some people say, oh, preacher, I can't believe you would say that. But let me tell you why. If you can quote the whole Bible and you don't understand and, and apply and appropriate what you know in your head, it'll do you no good. It'll do you no good. But you can take a few scriptures and understand that. I'm not telling you to limit your study of the Word. I'm just saying limit your time to understand and meditate until you get the revelation of the Word and then keep adding to that. Okay. And after we've done this, we bring back those scriptures. Uh, you think, oh, we don't have to regurgitate, but, you know, we bring them out back and we keep this up until the Word becomes a part of us. Uh, we, that's how, how the Logos, which is the established Word of God that cannot be changed, that is true, that God's going to back no matter what, becomes a rhema word or a realized word in our life. So until it becomes a realized word in your life, you know, I, 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 I had a lot of issues in my younger years, and every time I got a revelation of God's Word and saw that was for me, I remember I'd put my foot down and says, that stops here, it stops here. None of that's going to continue because I see this is God's plan for my life, and a power beyond my power entered into the situation and into the spiritual unseen realm, which has more influence than the seen realm, and things changed in my life. And God's no respecter of persons. That's what He does for all of us. But we've got to ruminate on the Word of God. And the sad thing is, most people uh, that I talk to, they feed on the Word of God like pigs do on slop, you know? A pig, unlike a cow, is considered an unclean animal in the Old Testament. And they swallow their food without hardly even chewing it. I'm telling you, you throw it down there. And they just open it up, taking it in whole. Uh, in a matter of six hours, the food is passed through their body, and a lot of it was, in a very unhealthy fashion, was left in their body uh, and makes them little fat things. So, very little nutrition is absorbed. Now, this is the way when people are reading their Bible in a hurry and it explains why we don't get much out of it. Did my Bible study? I did my Bible study. 20 minutes. Oh, did it. Yep, yep, let me go. And then you're faced with a circumstance or challenge and you're like, need your sword. And you're like, hmm, I don't even remember what I read. Or I remember what I read, but does that apply here? You're not, it's not in you. It's not of you. It's not... It's not been uh, accepted as this is my life. This is my word. This is how I'm going to live, and I'll fight from that vantage point. So, so you've got to have your uh, understanding of God's word become reality in, from your head to your heart to a belief system <laughs> where you own it. Amen? There was a scientific study done, and they were trying to see uh, the mindset of a person if it really makes a difference. And they put these folks on a diet. Anybody like diets? Don't raise your hand because we know we, you know we, you're lying. Okay, okay. And in this uh, study, it was a milkshake study, okay? I know some of y'all saying, where's Sonic? Okay, let me get out of here. I'm going to hit Sonic, okay? But here we go, milkshake study. And they were paying people $75 each to participate in this study. And they were measuring this thing called ghrelin, uh, which is produced by a hunger hormone. It increases when we're hungry, and it slows our metabolism down until we get some food, and it decreases when we eat and speeds up our metabolism to digest the food we just ate, this, this ghrelin, okay? And uh, so the first study was with this sensor shake. Now, this sensor shake, they had a label on it, they said, guys, uh, you, you, you're probably lucky today. This thing here is a sensor shake. It's zero fat, zero sugar, only 150. 
uh, 40 calories. It's a guilt-free satisfaction. And they drank it, and they measured their ghrelin levels, and they only dropped 20 points, not very much, signaling that they had not eaten much. Then they brought them in the next week, on the same day of that week, Monday, and they said, okay, now it's time for the indulgence shake. And they showed them the label on the indulgence shake. And they said, you know, you may have to work out after this. You know, we got 30 grams of fat, 56 grams of sugar, 620 calories. And they drank the shake, same people, and they measured their ghrelin levels and they dropped 70 points. A huge increase from the week before signaling that their bodies had eaten a lot of food, a lot of calories. Now, now, to a nutritionist, this makes sense. Less calories, less ghrelin, uh, more calories, more ghrelin. That, that makes sense, but there's a catch. Both weeks, they were given the very exact same shake. And they had such drastic results. All because they looked at the label and they saw, this makes me want to put zero calories and zero fat on and put labels. I'm just start putting them all on my pecan pie and, and every kind of thing I got and banana pudding and I'm just going to put it on there. Okay. But the test showed that what we believe, what we expect, what we think we're going to receive, it has a lot to do with how our body responds to it. Now, that's just in the natural. That's not even including the supernatural. That's just in the natural. We were created with these minds that God has given us that, has a, that can have a belief system that establishes in our heart and can literally direct our body to release or to hold on to even the digestive processes of our bodies. Wow. Now, if that can be in the natural, think about it in the supernatural. If you can take the Word of God and take that revelation and meditate on it until you believe it, until you're speaking it to yourself, till this is life unto you, that this is your word. Let me tell you what. Do you think there's going to be some changes that take place even in your physical body? You better believe it. You better believe it. But not only that, we tap into the supernatural provision that Jesus has provided for us in and through the atonement. So back to Psalms 39 and 3, my heart grew hot within me. And as I meditated, the fire began to burn. The fire began to burn. Oh, I challenge you to meditate on the Word of God. Take a scripture that applies to an area where you see need a miracle and you begin to meditate on it until it becomes yours, until you're saying it to yourself and you're coming against the devil with it. This is yours. And then with my tongue I spoke. Then make your confession. Then make your proclamation. Hallelujah. We will have the power to go forth and to bring it past. Our proclamation will go forth and bring about a parting of the Red Sea if needed. Your words will become more powerful and they will pave a way for your future if you receive the revelation of God's Word, the Logos, and you meditate on it until it becomes a rhema unto you. It is yours. Jesus meant this for you. This has been done. It's not something you got to wait for. It is His will. It is His desire. This is what He wants you to experience. This is the inheritance He has for you. And you begin as you're not only declaring it unto yourself, now your tongue has life in it, the power of life. And you can release that proclamation and speak it forth and see the manifest. Oh, that's exactly how 
the scriptures, two verses of scriptures that have been used more to lead people to Christ probably than any two verses in the whole Bible. Or Romans 10, 9 and 10. And he tells us there that if we will confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's their word sozo I was talking about. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And it's what sets you in the right order, what sets you in the right mindset, what sets you in the right path, what sets you in the righteousness so that you can appropriate everything that God has, had for, has for you through your confession is your heart believing. Your heart has to believe. And how is your heart going to believe? You've got to get revelation, and it starts in the head, and then you've got to meditate until it becomes the reality of the heart. And when it is established in the heart, then you can declare with your mouth, and you will see the manifest of heaven on earth. You will see the manifest of the hand of God. You will see the manifest of the power of the Holy Spirit in and through us mere mortals whom God has chosen to use. This is for you. And this is for me. Confession, making it work, takes revelation, meditation, and proclamation. And I pray that I've stirred something up in you, that I fanned a fire or a little ember into a flame in you, that you're going to go out of here and say, you know what? I'm going to take the Logos, and I'm going to meditate. I'm going to chew on it, this revelation until I get all the nutrients out of it, all the benefits out of it in me, and this is mine. This is mine. I speak it to myself. Now I rise up and the demons start to tremble. Spirits of infirmity start to tremble. Spirits of poverty start to tremble. Spirits of addiction start to tremble. Spirits of fear start to tremble because they see a different look in your eye. They see a different posture in your being you're like this woman who had an issue of blood who says you know what I know how to get out of this now I know how to get free from this now I know my answer and you declare it you confess it and your confession that lines up with the Word of God will have the power of God to support it and bring forth its manifest oh what a glorious system God has set up what a glorious system God has set up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Well, let's stand together. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. If there's any of you here tonight, you come in here and maybe you've been burdened. Burdened by circumstances or burdened by situations, burdened by lies of the enemy or whatever it is. Let me tell you what. You can bring your burdens to the Lord start talking to the Lord about it but you know what you've got folks around you here that love you and the good thing is we can help carry one another's burdens we can help each other out and if you're here tonight and you've been carrying a burden and you just you just need some encouragement you're like Moses you need an Aaron and a herd to just lift up your arms because you're just getting tired and every time Moses's arms would go down they would begin to lose the battle and Aaron and her saw this, and these two men came and said, you know what, it's going to benefit us all if we come and help Moses. And they came and helped lift his arms. And his arms went back up, and the victory came back to the people of God. 
Maybe you need an Aaron and a her tonight to come alongside. Maybe you've been carrying this burden too long. You've been carrying it by yourself. Well, here we are the body of Christ. When we bring our burdens to the Lord, we are the body of Christ. We can be used by the Lord to help you. So if you've been carrying a burden and you say, no, I'm not carrying it out of here, and I'd love to have some people come around me and pray for me, I want you to just come. Just come up here at the altar, and as you come, others are going to come gather around you, and they're just going to start praying with you. And you're going to feel their hand laid upon you. They're going to hear their prayers of praying over you. Just come, just come. And just, I need some prayer warriors to just come and just start praying with them. Just don't, you don't have to talk to them. Just come and lay your hands on them. Be an Aaron and a herd just to be a support system to them here tonight. And let them know that they've got a brother or they've got a sister that's going to intercede for them. They've got a brother, they've got a sister that's going to pray for them. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. If you need prayer, come on up, come on up. And I tell you what, if you want to be used of God to encourage somebody tonight, I encourage you to come on up and just, it doesn't matter if you've got three, four, five, ten, twenty people around one person. I'm telling you what, I know when I'm going through stuff, the more that will come along and, and support me, the, the better I feel. So if you want to be used of the Lord tonight to just come and be a support and pray for somebody, just come around, come around. Be used of the Lord. Be used of the Lord. If you need prayer, come on up to this altar and be, make sure everybody knows you're here for prayer, not to be prayed, that you're not here to pray, but you're here to be prayed for. Yes, yes. We've got to others that are here. Come on, let's just gather around them in prayer. Let's make sure everybody, let's make sure everybody's got someone praying for them. Come on, help me out, church. Come on, don't make me beg you. Don't make me keep saying it. You see folks up here needing some prayer. Come on, put your hands around. Put your hands on them. Just declare the blessings of God. Declare the favor of God. Declare the healing power of God. I want everybody that came for prayer to have somebody touching them right now. Yes. Thank you, Lord. 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 Father, we just want to come before you right now. We want to thank you, Lord God, that as we come here around these tonight, that have identified themselves as going through the fire, going through the challenges, that the wind and the waves of the attacks of the enemy has been crushing down on them and has been trying to discourage them and trying to get their eyes off of their hope in Jesus. Here tonight, God, I pray by the power of our presence as we practice the presence of you, Jesus, by the power of our presence, Lord God, in the laying on of hands, Lord God, that there would be a supernatural infusion, Lord God, of courage that would rise up in them. Lord God, as we pray for them this night, and Lord, they would be encouraged here on this altar in the name of Jesus. But also, Lord, you said lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And if there's anyone needing healing in their body, Lord God, let our touch be the act of faith according to your word, our act of obedience according to your teachings, Lord God, that as we lay hands on them even now, that they would recover, that they would be healed, that they would be strengthened, that they would be delivered by the power of your Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And whatever the need is, Lord God, by faith, we join our faith together and we thank you, Lord, for meeting their need according to your riches and glory. Lord God, for moving into their circumstance, moving into their situation, moving in, Lord God, with power and, Lord God, with your divine presence. Lord God, as we lift them up, we pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, let there be a wind of your Spirit and the fire of your Spirit begin to blow and the blaze in each and every one of them, Lord God. 
Lord, let their faith be stirred. Let their faith be called out. Let their faith rise in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would bring a peace, a shalom, a nothing broken, a nothing missing, Lord God, in their life. Lord, they came up here tonight because there's something broken. They came up here tonight because something is missing. They came up here tonight because there's been under attack. The devil don't play fair. But Lord God, greater, greater are you, Lord. So Lord God, we pray the shalom of you over them right now. That Lord, the armies of heaven would come in and assist them in the battles that they're waging against the enemy. The enemy doesn't play fair, but Lord God, your power is greater. Your righteousness is greater. Your glory is greater. In the name of Jesus, manifest yourself. Manifest yourself in each and every one of their circumstances and in each and every one of their situations. And I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, you would remove any any blinders, any dust, any any uh, uh, patches that the enemy has tried to blind them with. And Lord God, that they would see that there's more for them than there is against them. That there's more for them than there is against them. The enemy's been intimidating them. The enemy's been showing his, inflexing his power and showing them what he's going to do. But Lord God, open their eyes, I pray that their eyes and their heart of understanding to see that there's not only the angels of heaven and the chariots of glory, and not only is there the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, but there's brothers and sisters gathered around them even now to pray protection and to fight with them in this fight in the name of Jesus that they're going to win. They're going to win. We declare over them tonight, God, you're going to win. We declare over you tonight, you're going to win. You're coming out of this victoriously. You're coming out of this. This setback is only temporary. There's victory. There's victory for you. I declare unto you by the word of God uh, that greater, greater, greater is ahead of you. That God is going to show you. He is going to show himself strong on your behalf. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we can take the revelation of your word and meditate upon it until it becomes a reality to us. To where we can release our confession, Lord God, and see the mighty move of your hand in every circumstance in our life. Lord, I pray that you would just bring healing. Healing to every broken heart. Healing to every discouraged heart. Healing to every distracted heart, despondent heart. Healing to every hopeless heart. Lord God, here tonight, raise up hope, I pray. We know faith is the substance of things hoped for. If we have nothing we hope for, then we have nothing to exercise faith towards. Rebuild their hope, I pray, Lord. Holy Spirit, give them hope tonight. Hope for that better day. Hope for the fullness of that restoration hope for that provision hope for that healing hope for that breakthrough that they're that they can have the the blueprint of hope that the architect of faith can begin to build towards it right now in the name of jesus in the name of jesus i declare over you by the word of god that it's god's plan that you come through this It's god's plan that you not only come through it but you come through it victorious and everything that the enemy has stolen would come back to you 
sevenfold. I'm here to tell you in the name of Jesus that God's plan for you is to succeed. God's plan for you is to be well. God's plan for you is for you to be strong. God's plan for you is you to be the head and not the tail and above only and not beneath. And in the name of Jesus and by the power of His Spirit standing upon the teaching of His Word, we say let this be established in and on this altar right now. Let it be established in and, on, in and through our lives right now. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. God, have your way. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on. How about a victory chant? How about a victory chant? Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's victory in Jesus.